Welcome to this venerable community hall, Fulford Hall, along the shores of Fulford Harbor, in the shade of the sacred mountain, Mount Tuam. This volunteer-run hall has hosted weddings and wakes, flea markets, and floor hockey. And over the decades, it's hosted many events, debates, community discussions such as this, and I recognize lots of the faces here tonight. My name is Peter Allen, and I'm here representing the Salt Spring Chamber, which is co-sponsoring this event with your community newspaper, the Gulf Islands Driftwood. The Salt Spring Chamber is also a venerable institution. It was founded in 1948 when there were 1,800 islanders. And ever since then, the Salt Spring Chamber has been the voice for enterprise of all kinds on the island. And it's also been a stalwart champion of the economic wellness of our community. Over the last 37 years, many Wednesdays, like yourself, I turn to the Driftwood for fascinating insights into this community we call home, and also Dennis Parker's cartoons. The Driftwood turns 63 in March. Nancy Johnson, the publisher, is here tonight. The Driftwood is a proud co-sponsor of this event. We are grateful to be uh, engaged in this historic, really, discussion on the unceded territory of the Coast Salish and the Hulkaminam and Sechotan-speaking peoples. This event is being filmed tonight, so please consider that. You may wish to be on your best behavior. And if you wish to review this, uh, you may do so online tomorrow uh, at the Driftwood, on, online at the Driftwood or the Chamber website or wherever you get your news. And uh, it is my pleasure to introduce our moderator for the evening, Mr. Robin Williams. Thank you very much, Peter. Welcome, everybody, and welcome, candidates. I'm very pleased to see we have all the candidates here tonight with us. Um, we're going we're gonna to really try to push through as much information out of them as we can, so I'm going to be running this quite fast and tight. We're going to start with candidate introductions. I'm just going to tell you that each of the candidates has a playing card that I've given them. They're all from either the uh, club suit or the diamond suit. They're all low numbers. There's no aces or face card or uh, royal cards. And I'm just going to use that to mix it up so that we're not always going alphabetical order or from one end to the other. And as you can see, we've got a big end to go to, so I'm going to start right now with introductions. 
Uh, I should tell you that tonight's debate is going to be primarily presentations from the candidates, then we will be opening it up to questions from the floor, and I will give you the rules for the questions from the floor when we get to that point. But let's start with candidate introductions. Each candidate has two timed minutes to introduce themselves and their positions, and the first candidate to speak will be Kylie Coates. Okay. Hello. My name is uh, Kylie Coates. I was born and raised here on Saltzburg Island. I have uh, 104 years of family history on these Gulf Islands. My main position is housing. Uh, right now I'm uh, the head and director of the Wagon Wheel Housing Society. We recently just did the laundromat. The uh, other thing that we're trying to do right now is we're trying to take, get control of Bracket Springs, a 16-year project in Limbo. So hopefully in the next few weeks, we will announce that we will be starting that project back up and getting low-income housing for uh, individuals. The other thing is, is I have been a volunteer on this island for now eight years uh, when I came back. Uh, I have also decided that housing is so important here on the island that I will not be accepting the LCC salary and I will be donating it back to Salt Spring because I'm getting nowhere on the outside of being, being non-elected. I have to be elected, get into, involved in the CRD, get the CRD to hand over the eight pieces of property they have around Ganges that are sitting there empty so we can get housing built. The LCC right now has nothing to do with housing. The CRD does have a housing board. The first thing I want Gary Holman to do is take all four elected officials over there and see if we can get housing built here on Salt Spring. Okay. Thank you, Kylie. Next to speak, Lloyd Cudmore. Hey, mine's more of a... Oh. If, you, if you'd like to stand up, if you, you're welcome to. i got a steam. Oh. <laughs> Can I sit? Zed? I think I'll breathe better. I don't know. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. Okay. Oh, here we go. Uh, good evening. Thank you for being here today. My name is Lloyd Cudmore. Uh, Thank you. And I want to express my deep-rooted concerns for the future of our community. Since I was young, I've been held, I've held an interest in infrastructure that supports our society. I stand before you today as a candidate for this position because I believe my 29 years of experience in both large and small housing infrastructure projects can bring a positive change to, and decision-making to this process. I carry a genuine understanding of our climate and its intricate relationship with our island's resources. I am well aware of the infrastructure required to provide these resources to our homes and businesses. However, as I look around, I cannot help but notice the vital services we depend on are falling apart. It is evident that we have let down our seniors and our youths. It is high time we prioritize and simplify our approach to addressing community issues. Let's remain steadfast in our commitment to staying on budget and avoid repeating unnecessary studies that yield no constructive results. To bring about real change, I'm prepared to collaborate with political bodies employing common sense approach to improving our community. I am blessed to be part of a special island community filled with dedicated volunteers, and I value the tremendous work that they do. I have a privilege of being elected if I have the privilege to be elected as a commissioner, I will act actively engage in NGOs that have proven track, work, track record, bless you, um, as those priorities align with the needs and aspirations of our community. Our focus will begin addressing workforce housing, a crucial foundation, as you pointed out, to positive progress. I'm actively, 
acutely aware of the risk of climate change and I'm committed to supporting sustainable practices. Let's use refrain, let's us refrain from using fear tactics to drive change and instead let's focus on developing the necessary infrastructures that make sustainable practices accessible for everyone. Together we can make our community more resilient. Thank, thank you, Lloyd. Until we can prepare the challenges of the next two proactive instead of reactive. Jenny McLean. Thank you. As I mentioned, we're going to, with this big a crowd, we're going to have to keep the time tight. So. I know. <laughs> and Jenny McLean, you're, you're next. Yeah. Um, my name is Jenny McLean, but I wrote my legal name down when I applied. So my legal name is Jennifer. So I'm running on the seat. You can't hear me. Hi. Uh, anyway, I want to, what I'm running for really is because I take the bus here and I don't want to lose that thread when things change into the LCC. And I think the bus is a lot more important than people realize because we deal with a lot of congestion in Ganges and the, uh, also at a time when we have a lot of money going into green infrastructure that would hope to give us a better environment, but the most logical and the least expensive way to improve the congestion would be to reduce or remove the barriers to bus use. And I want to kind of keep that voice alive. There's, uh, according to my research I've been doing, it actually is only $30.64 per taxpayer per year for the bus service that we have here. So it's really good value. And in spite of how good it is, there's a lot of barriers because we don't even have good bus shelters in a lot of busy locations. I know a lot of people with disabilities were not able to take the bus. Elderly are worried about taking it. There were things brought up in all the BC Transit open houses with having supports that didn't materialize. There's, there's quite a bit to it. Aside from that, I'm also very interested in the Indigenous First Nations history of Salt Spring, and I think we could work with that to have some more of our community economic development based on things that are quite positive. And I also want to see festivals. I want to see car-free days. I want to see a shuttle. I want to see park and ride. I want laminated bus schedules at every spot there. I want to see more programs for children in the pool in the morning. Thank you, Jenny. The next to speak is Gail Baker. Is it working? Yes. Um, hi, I'm Gail. I know a lot of you. Thank you for being here. And candidates, I agree. There are so many things that we need to do as an island, and I believe that together we can get it done. Um, I am so excited about this local community commission for five years. Brian and I and Linda and a bunch of us have been saying, wouldn't it be great if we had that option? And I'm amazed that we actually have the option for a local community commission and that we're actually going to be having an election for commissioners. So for me, that's so good. I would love to put some of my considerable energy to making it fulfill its promise because, you know, it's kind of new. It's a made-on-salt spring solution. But I bring quite a bit of experience. I have 10 years as a CRD commissioner, um, six of them as a park commissioner, and the last four as chair of transportation. Um, I know the CRD bureaucracy. Um, not always successful navigating it, but I do understand it, and I do my best to navigate it. Um, I know the budget. I know there are places where we can tighten up and get better value for our dollars. 
And I'm tenacious and patient, and I think you need both qualities to be a good local commissioner. I bring a lot of knowledge about collaboration. If you can get faculty, staff, administrators, and students all to agree on new programs, oh my gosh, this is going to be easy. So I've done a lot of that. I'm good at it. Um, I also um, believe in bringing many ideas, Salt Spring ideas and new ideas. I think we're a richer community because we bring lots of different perspectives. I'm also kind of quirky, and I find a solution that some people can't find. Now, a lot of my solutions are bad, but I will say that some of them are pretty good, and those of you who know me will know that I work really, really hard, and I would work for you really hard. Thank you. Thank you, Gail. Next to speak is Don Marcotte. Hello, everybody. I'm Don Marcotte. I'm a third-generation Islander and proud father of four children. I've owned trucking business and can operate, fix virtually any type of equipment. Currently working for highways here on Salt Spring. My family and team are invested heavily in island life and concerned about its future. That's why we are here running. We want to ensure that the quality of life here we've—I'm sorry about that—quality of life we've enjoyed here on Salt Spring will still be here for our kids when they grow up. For me, the jewel in the crown is Ganges. It must be centerpiece, our economic hub, but we need to clean it up. The park has become a problem space, liability for residents, visitors alike. Although it's situated in a stunning seaside location, it's not a welcoming place. We have to return it to community so it can be enjoyed by everyone. We also need to fix our parking downtown. There are lots of ideas, but I think we can do do it properly if we form a parking authority to regulate uses. It seems to be, seems to me this makes the most sense as nothing else has worked. Our town is not a very colorful place. We need to find a way to brighten it up with lots of flowers, flags, public art, and pedestrian friendly spaces. The new Harbor Walk will help tie all the pieces together and help drive tourism in a more vibrant downtown. We also have a few kilometers of bike paths and need regular maintenance if we're going to encourage greater use of the path for tourism and safe transportation, then we have to make sure they are in first class condition. Thank you, Don. Next to speak, David Courtney. Kind of heavy, huh? Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thanks for coming out tonight. My name is David Courtney. I'm uh, living on Salt Spring with my wife, Wendy, for the last 24 years. I'm relatively new to the island in that case. Um, I'm originally from southern Ontario, and uh, I moved west, Winnipeg, for a start, and then finally came to Vancouver in uh, the summer of 1987. Never looked back. <clears throat> My career background is in aviation. I was uh, a captain at the National Airline for 42 years. And with that, I believe I bring the skills of, uh, here's a few of them, discipline, especially when it came to safety matters, SOPs, which stands for Standard Operating Procedures. We have a couple of pilots in the, in the audience here tonight. Um, Decision-making skills. Easy, easier said than done, and especially when you're under time constraints. Uh, if elected, I want to bring those skills into the LCC. 
Um, my platform is based on public safety, and uh, a few of the items that I brought forward was Lady Minto and the lack of workforce housing and how it's impacting the health of uh, our seniors and everyone else in the community. Uh, this past weekend uh, was a prime example. The other one was road safety. And uh, Myrna's here tonight, speed limits in the town, uh, the village, uh, 30 kilometers, and looking at the road from downtown to the Fulford uh, Ferry Terminal. Uh, and shoulders for basically our cyclists and pedestrians to keep them safe. That dovetails, and uh, maybe some of you know that I've been a little active on the BC Ferries file, and um, uh, these one-way gauntlets at uh, Vesuvius and uh, Fulford Harbor have Thank you, David. Stopped. Thank you. Next to speak will be Eric March, right down at the end. Hello, everybody. My name is Eric March, and uh, I can pretty confidently say of my fellow candidates, I'm by far the newest to Salt Spring Island, arriving just over three years ago. That being said, while I may not be a lifetime or multi-generational Salt Spring Islander, this is an island that I've fallen in love with and love the community. My chosen family is here. My partner is here. I've found an amazing career here that I've been lucky to work in a couple of different local businesses to, to support me and help me grow in that industry. I want to improve Salt Spring. I want Salt Spring to be an amazing place where people want to come. My primary platform is focusing on the needs of the workers of Salt Spring Island. I hate to say anything bad about this place I love, but Salt Spring Island is, is hostile to come and work here, to find housing here, to find a well-paying job here. And, and we're seeing the cracks already starting to form in our community from this difficulty for the workers. We're seeing problems keeping the ER open. We're seeing the ferries shut down because... Why, why work here when we can work somewhere else? I've got my reasons, obviously, my, my friends and my family and my career, but it's hard, and I want to get out here. I want to be elected. I want to support our workers, our elder care workers, our health care workers, our ferry workers, our artists, our production workers. I can go on. I want them to love this island as much as I do. I want new workers to come to this island and find a great place to work, keep our ferries going, keep our ER going. Thank you. Thank you, David. Next to speak is Ben Corno. Hello, and excuse me for sitting. <clears throat> some of you may already know me, and some of you may be meeting me for the first time. My name is Ben Corno. I moved to Salt Spring Island 13 years ago, and up until this spring, I've been a contributing member of our agricultural community, sitting on the boards of agricultural societies, and volunteering my time hosting agricultural events. I've worked for a couple of small farms and started a pretty great one myself, Heavenly Roots Farm, with my partner Kaylee. We've since concluded that chapter of our lives and are looking to the future. I feel moved to enter into formal public service for two reasons. First, I think it's a responsibility that people must bear if our organized societies are to carry on well. At some point in my early life, I became what is known as a yes person. When somebody asks if I want to do something, especially if it's something that they need, for better or for worse, I almost always say yes. So this is me saying yes again. Second, I'm constantly inspired by the stories that people tell me of their experiences on this island as they relate to both local governance as well as our community organism at large. I love to listen, I love to understand, and I love to amplify the messages of the people who share their time talking to me. To bring that interest in connecting people with local government seems like precisely the idea that I would like to give the thumbs up to. 
I want our community to recognize and promote the historical and current presence and stewardship of our Indigenous cohabitants. I want our villages to be easy to walk and bike inside, have a coherent and intentional feel, and for effective green bike, or for effective green transportation to grow fast and far. I want the LCC to take a leading role in instigating and facilitating new affordable housing projects. I want our parks and green spaces to flourish. I want more of them, and I want them to address the needs of the user groups and community members who are asking for them. And I want all of this to be guided by a value-for-money philosophy on spending. With so much noise surrounding the effectiveness, style, or motivations of local governance, I think that the most important thing that a person could bring to this community commission would be a willingness to listen and a willingness to elevate the concerns of our community members, clubs, and organizations. It sounds simple, and it is, and that's what I want to do. Thank you. Thank you. Dan? Next to speak, Brian Webster. <coughs> Thank you. My name is Brian Webster, and I'm all about getting value for your tax dollars. Uh, this past weekend, I went to the, the Tsunami Circus. I don't know if anyone else went to that. Uh, a uh, youth acrobatics group. And that event happened at uh, Sims, which is Salt Springs, pretty much still new community center, which is one of the facilities that will be operated by the local community commission. While I was there, I remembered back to the many times I have uh, watched GISS students performing music, dance, theater at Art Spring, which is another facility that will be uh, supported through the LCC. And, of course, the many years that my daughter Shane and I spent with the Stingrays Swim Club at Rainbow Road Pool yet another LCC facility. In my opinion, a healthy community is a community of families, young and old. And ultimately, our LCC is all about or needs to be all about Salt Springs families and the services that they, we, need to thrive. I'm asking for your votes on May 27th to make sure that we get value for the tax dollars that we spend on those services and many more. Um, my daughter is 24 years old. She swam for the Stingrays, graduated from GISS, is living in Nanaimo right now, and her plan with her new baby and her partner, Andrew, a multi-generational Salt Springer, is to come back to Salt Spring. So I have a stake in this community's future. I served on the Parks and Recreation Commission and participated in many other activities on the island, and I'm offering my services as a commissioner. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Next to speak, I know it's a long list. Next to speak, Jennifer Lanham. Hello, good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you to the Gulf Islands Driftwood and the Chamber of Commerce for hosting this event. Thanks as well to all the community members that made time to be here this evening. For those of you that don't know me, I am a mother to three children who go to school here and play sports. My husband is a ferry worker and we run a small independent retail business in Ganges, which is now seven years old. Much of my upbringing took place on the island. My family moved here in 1991. I was raised with an abundance of arts and culture influences and I was even a preteen selling beaded jewelry at the Saturday market <laughs> across from my parents' booth. I hold a Bachelor of Arts, and I have been around the world. I'm running for the LCC to serve the community from the intersection of parent and local business owner. 
I am in Ganges daily, and I volunteer a lot in the community. I hold excellent listening and organizational skills, and I have the energy and enthusiasm for acting on solutions for our community's issues. I want to promote a sustainable economic development, and I'd like to see the CRD be even more supportive of younger families and their needs in areas such as housing, transportation, parks and recreation uh, projects. Investing in family supports is vital for sustaining the pillars of community support systems that we all need and use. I want to live in a compassionate community with ample support for parents and abundant resources for children and families. Running for one of the four LCC commissioner positions appealed to me because this commission offers a great opportunity for more diversity and representation. If elected, I promise to become part of creating a respectful framework that will take us from talking about what the problems are and how to get there. I feel passionately that governance structures that affect daily lives are to be held to the highest regard, and every person's well-being depends on that. I may. Mm -hmm. That's good. Thank you, Jennifer. One Next to speak is Jamie Harris. Thanks. I'm Jamie Harris. Thanks to everyone who voted for me and got me into the Islands Trust. <clears throat> We've had some big wins there already, with more to come. Tonight I'm here with Jennifer Kerrigan, Lloyd Cudmore, and last but not least, Don Marcotte, as a team. We hope to fill all four positions of the new LCC. We all have our different opinions and expertise, but have a similar outlook <clears throat> on the direction of how our community's hard-earned tax dollars are to be spent. Together, our team has 150 years' experience on Salt Spring Island. As all of us being hardworking members of the workforce with families of our own, we are well established within the community. We know where our roots are, and we care deeply for the community and its members. We want to begin to put an end to the polarization in our community by using common sense, reality-based decision-making when deciding where our tax dollars will go. By focusing on projects we can all get behind, we can start the healing process. If elected, we will create a housing authority that will oversee price controls over future much-needed housing projects for the workforce. This is a very important step in building a vibrant, healthy community where working people and their families can feel safe and secure in their future. We can unify in the building of a healthy, sustainable community with a diverse set of interests. We need to start looking at water storage on a large scale to ensure we'll have enough water to support our growing community. Something else everyone can easily get behind is the management of our public forest land to address the ever-increasing wildfire risk due to decades of mismanagement. Using carbon sequestration optimization techniques, we can improve forest health while simultaneously bringing an added positive <coughs> economic reality to the table. By working together with the newly formed Salt Spring Island Forestry Association, we can make this happen. With the talent and knowledge we have here in this community, we can achieve these goals and more. I ask you to please consider voting for all four of us. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Next to speak is Nejma. Hi, everybody. Wow, great room. Okay, so I took some notes here. So I'm a first-generation immigrant, and I came to Salt Spring in the 90s. I came as an at-risk youth. I had been living on the streets of Victoria. When I got here, it was a beautiful and safe place where I could be in the forest. And actually, at that time, we did a lot together as young 
kids, you know. So I do have a deep understanding of our transient community, and I want to work with that and help us all get well, and that includes all of us. So I have struggled with poverty and housing for my entire adult life, and I understand the complexity and barriers that keep worthy individuals and families down. I have three children, one grown, living in Victoria now, and two who are on the spectrum. They are complex. They are going to grow up in this world, and there needs to be places for them. Since returning to school as an adult, I have focused on community development, and I founded a nonprofit out of necessity and a sense of urgency. This nonprofit, I currently run two spaces in Ganges. I run a downtown outreach space, and I hold the Creator Space, which is a low barrier community art space at Sims, and it's an amazing project. And come check us out. Uh, outside of that, uh, my lived experience, professional life, community work, has all you know, brought me to some conclusions and solutions to the problems our most marginalized and our whole community faces, because we are not alone. I also know how to stretch a dollar, and those two spaces I've been running for the past year on a $25,000 grant. So I know how to do that, and I know how to mobilize people. And this isn't just about four people, this is about our whole community standing up and getting together and making stuff happen. So I stand before you here recognizing that this LCC is a golden opportunity for our diverse community. <sighs> for systems change, come on guys, that we will ensure that everyone is considered empowered and engaged in community development and policy. Like, let's get people activated, engaged, right? Thank you, Nishma. keep going. Next to speak is Jennifer Kerrigan. Good evening. I'm Jennifer Kerrigan, and I'm running for one of the positions of the Local Community Commission. I'm a fourth-generation Islander, and I have a strong dedication to our community, my family, and the future of Salt Spring Island. I'm running with Jamie Harris, Lloyd Cudmore, and Don Marcotte. Between the four of us, we have 150 years of vested interest on Salt Spring Island. If elected, we will work diligently to solve the conditions that have allowed that have allowed to linger and fester all too long without adequate and cost-effective solutions. We, our core four, will listen and work for our community to make recognizable differences for you and yours. As examples, we need improved youth and, and to elderly sports facilities. I spend approximately eight hours a week on the soccer field watching and cheering on my eight-year-old son, and it's evident we need to make these much-needed improvements a priority. We need to provide a safe, functional, multi-purpose, and year-round facility that our children can practice and compete on the island. Our fellow residents, including the elderly, can maintain and improve their fitness and social connections, which we know are key to longevity, physical, and mental health. Between the four of us, we have 11 children. This is serious stuff for us. Along with my husband, we run two busy businesses, and we're quite aware of the shortage of necessary staff. This shortage, this shortage goes hand-in-hand hand with lack of affordable housing. Jamie, Lloyd, Don, and I commit to working hard with Gary Holman to develop a sustainable workforce housing strategy. If elected, examining the budget in detail is a top priority. I will dissect how every CRD budgeted dollar is allocated and steer in the direction of transparency and accountability so I can share this information with you, our stakeholders. I have extensive education and experience in administrative and legal support activities, which I will apply to the 11 administrative and three advisory subjects over which the LCC has jurisdiction. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Next is Earl Rook. Thank you. Um, I'm Earl Rook, and I'm running for a seat on the new local community commission. 
because I recognize the importance of this election to change the future of government on Salt Spring, and because my education, skills, and experience are a very good fit for what I think it will take to become an effective commissioner on the LCC. I have over 25 years' experience in finance and administration at a large government agency, including budgeting, policy development, facilities planning, and project management. I've managed and coordinated decision-making groups with members from all levels of government, reaching consensus among groups of people with varied interests over whom I have no authority, nothing but my persuasive powers. Um, I spent over a decade in the private sector as well, um, in operations management and finance with small businesses. I volunteered in leadership roles for charities and nonprofits, um, many of them on Salt Spring. As a commissioner, I would be committed to making the LCC work for this island and for its residents. Our first priority has to be affordable for housing for our workers, our people on our farms, and others. I think the LCC has a major role to play in facilitating the projects that are already in the pipeline and in getting new projects on the drawing board. That has to be priority one. Second, we have to work with the other agencies involved to resolve our water problems. Without the water, we're going to have serious trouble making the housing advances that we really need to have. Um, to that end, I would connect with the North Salt Spring Water District and the Trust and the various um, water utilities, which are part of the CRD but not yet under the mandate of the LCC to make that happen. Thank you, Earl. Thank you. That's a good point to, good point to end on. And the final of our 15 candidates will be Jesse Brown. Great. Um, How's everybody doing? <laughs> I'm just going to take a deep breath if anyone wants to join me. <sighs> um, yeah, my name is Jesse Brown, and I'm running because uh, I want Salt Spring Island to remain a vibrant and sustainable community. Um, I'm a working professional and a family man, and like many of the candidates here, I want to help elevate this perspective in leadership and decision-making. Uh, what sets me apart from the other candidates is that I've worked at CRD Salt Spring uh, and last year I, w I was their um, uh, economic sustainability coordinator. Uh, and I know how to get projects done within the CRD framework and work well with the staff team uh, to accomplish projects for the community. Um, you can learn more about my background and uh, just by visiting uh, my website, saltspringtogether.ca, or you can Google me, Jesse Brown, LCC, my website pops up. Um, the theme of my candidacy is uh, sustainability, uh, financially, environmentally, and for our community. I'm here to work for things, not against things, and uh, I want to strive to work for all people on Salt Spring. Um, I'm concerned with the polarization of politics and partisan politics at a local level, and while I will bring my green values to this role, I want to be a candidate for all Salt Spring, um, and my priorities for the LCC are very reasonable. Um, they will have an impact and are within the scope of the LCC, and uh, I think uh, they are priorities that most people can get behind. Um, some highlights uh, include pausing budget increases uh, until we evaluate our major projects, um, improving cleanliness and garbage removal at CRD parks, 
and uh, promoting shoulder season tourism for a sustainable economy. Um, so again, that's saltspringtogether.ca, and uh, thank you for your support. If I'm not your number one, I hope I'm your number four. <laughs> okay, thank you, Jesse. And that concludes the introduction part of this debate tonight. We are now going to go into the second phase, which is candidates or uh, uh, questions from the floor. We have two microphones set up on the floor, and if anybody is interested in starting out asking some questions, I see uh, Minalee's already on the move. <laughs> we'll get that started. A couple of things I just wanted to mention while we're just getting that organized. First, I'd like to introduce my helper here, Kate Cooper, who's doing the timekeeping. As you can see, we're keeping very tight control on the time, and we're doing very well with time, so thank you for that. The Local Community Commission, which will have an election on the 27th of May, is really, in the simplest format, taking over from four volunteer commissions that we had. We had the Parks and Recreation Commission, with by far the biggest budget, Transit and Transportation, which had the second largest budget, Economic Development, and everybody's favorite, solid waste. So if you have a question, I'd appreciate it if you could try to frame it within the service areas rather than policies in general, or put question possibly about taxation policy. But most important, I would appreciate if the question could be quite concise, and if you would like to address it to everybody, you're free to do so. If you would like to address it to one candidate specifically, there is a slight difference that one candidate will have one minute to respond, and I will then open it up to the others who will have 30 seconds to respond. Otherwise, all of the candidates will simply have 30 seconds to respond. And I see one person at the podium. I hope that's only going to be one question. We're going to have a quick, quick debate. Oh, I see a few more moving, a few more moving. But, um, least since you were the first, the floor is yours. Hi, and my name is Mina Lee Johnstone. Um, I happen to be a an obsolete transportation commissioner, a retired volunteer transportation commissioner. It's a huge bundle that transportation uh, commission. We, I've been on. I was on there two terms. It's a lot, a lot to look at. Um, this morning, I put a comments to the all LCC candidates on the Salt Spring Exchange about the LCC and transit. I wonder if anyone here saw it. Is that a question? Is that your question? Yeah, did anybody okay. read it? Okay, thank you. And the, uh, did you want to address it to everybody? No, but I would like you to look at it because it's very important. It's a lot of my experience and I'll get back to you at the next LCC, I think on uh, Friday. Okay. okay. Uh, since you didn't designate anybody, we'll start with Nejma. Uh, well, Minali, I haven't actually seen it yet, but I'm definitely going to take a look at it. And I know how much you have given to our community through your work, and thank you. And, you know, I mean, if elected, I would actually want to see a lot of these volunteers come back into the fold and, you know, get us up to speed because there's just, there is, it's very complex and I'm really looking forward to hearing more. I know that we've had conversations and I'm, I'm just so grateful for your service to our community. Okay, thank you, Najma. Next opportunity is for Jennifer Kerrigan. If you don't want to answer the question, you could just pass, but Jennifer, it's your opportunity. I'll have to read and look into that for my question. The, que the question was really, did you see Minalee's post about trans transit? So on the social screen exchange, I have, right. 
Thank you. Okay. Did you want to respond, Jennifer? I will have a look at it after the debate. Okay. Okay, maybe we can speed through this now. Would anybody else like to respond to the question? Just put your hand up. Okay, Kylie, we'll go we'll go down this way. Kylie, then David, then Jenny. First of all, uh, sorry, I was working today, didn't have a chance to see the question. The one thing that the transit has to do, the first thing, is clean up that bus terminal in front of the tourism office. That is, should be the first thing that the transit, the new transit commission does is clean that up and make it actually look respectful because it's in the heart of our downtown. So, okay. David? Um, I, know, I think one of your questions was probably the speed limit in the village at 30 kilometers. And uh, if elected, I'm going to take you hand in hand and meet uh, Minister Rob Fleming on June the 2nd at the Lions Hall and tell him, come on, man, we need to reduce our speed limit in the village to 30 kilometers, and let's do it now. No more studies. Let's just do it for the safety of you, the seniors, and our children. Thank you. Thank you. Jenny, you were, you were next. You put your hand yeah. up. Yeah, I want to answer to this. Uh, can you guys hear me? Uh, I want to say, Manali, I have thought about you when I entered in this race because I know you take the bus for real. And <laughs> and that you present that part into all these transportation commission meetings, and I also take the bus, and I want to make sure that that doesn't get lost. And I will read what you wrote, and I will get back to you on it. And thank you for bringing that up. Okay. Anyone? Else? Brian, you like to? And Ben, then Brian, and then Ben, and, and put your hands right up at the end if you want to. Okay. Uh, but we'll go Brian and Ben. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I, too, haven't seen your post yet, and I will see it, but I want to echo uh, what Jenny just said. The bus service that we have on Salt Spring is a big success story, and we need to keep it moving forward, not backward. Okay. Great. Gail, do you want to be next? I, oh, I saw okay. that you posed the question, um, and we'll read it this afternoon. I, like Kylie, was at work. Um, and maybe to add to a lot of this, I'm definitely with the... Uh, addressing the speed, uh, definitely as well as addressing the uh, farness and the amount of times the bus runs. I think those are like really big things that stop, make people decide not to use the bus to commute for work. Uh, but I think lastly, really important for me is lit crosswalks and lit spaces like down the majority of the busy parts of Fulford Ganges when I drive it after dark. Okay, thank you, Ben. Now, Gail, and then Jamie, that's your hand up, is it? Okay, so Gail and then Jamie. Um, I, too, didn't read it. My apologies. But, Mainali, you and I sat together for four years, more than four years, at the Transportation Commission, and we heard you. We couldn't always do it. What we need to do better, um, so many things we need to do better, but we need to find out why all of us are not using the bus more often. We need to talk to the riders. We need to talk to the bus drivers. And what I would say is we need to let the people that run our Salt Spring Transit talk to the local community commissioners. Thank you, Gil. And thank you, Mina Lee, for your service. And uh, Jamie? Thank you. I didn't read your question either. But clearly, us four are in favor of um, keeping the bus service and hopefully expanding it or improving it in any way we can. And as far as speed limits go, that's a, a real serious consideration, and we'd love to look at that. Thanks. Okay, anyone else? Okay, we'll move on to the next question, and I think it's Ken Marr. Hi, I'm Ken Marr. Um, 
somewhat local businessman. Um, uh, I've, I've got a really simple question. I'm really asking for a yes or no, but I've got 15 aspiring politicians in front of me. I'll probably get a maybe or two. But simply, um, the LCC, the CRD, is going to be, and our community is going to be making some pretty big decisions, and I want to find out about um, our improvement districts. Who's in support of rolling them into the CRD? Everybody. Okay. That's the question? Okay, let's start with David Courtney. Do you want to answer the question You're about improvement districts? Ken, um, that's an interesting question because uh, I'm just a newly minted trustee on the fire district, which is uh, what you're talking about here, and the water district. And there's pro and con at the meeting last night, and uh, everybody said, well, who's in favor? This was after the meeting, right? And uh, the it was a split decision. So you know what? Um, I think I need a little bit more time on the fire board, for one thing. Thanks, David. Sorry. Okay. That was kind of a non-answer, right? I'm going to do this, but I think everybody's, Politician everybody's going to want to comment on this, I would expect. So Eric March. And then we'll go to Ben Corno. I think more elected representation is always good. I would be in favor of rolling them into the LCC, letting our elected LCC members have a say on that. But the trustees are already elected for the improvement district, sir. Oh, my apologies. That would be concentrating power. I, okay. I think I think concentrating power with the LCC is is acceptable. It's it's an elected body, and it would allow us to be able to smooth smooth out thank, the. Thank you, Ben Cornell. I think in spirit, it's a great thing to aspire to. I don't think that the current uh, meeting amount of time that we're looking at is there to bring on all of these things. So I would say, yes, look at it. Yes, consider it, and. Yeah, if there if it feels like we have the capacity, then then absolutely. Okay, Brian Webster, and then Don Marcotte, if he wants to comment. The LCC doesn't have the the power to absorb the improvement districts. The LCC does have the power to sit down with them respectfully and say, "Is this the way to run a community or not?" And I hope the outcome will be the improvement districts uh, coming on board to be uh, eligible for the kind of capital funding that all the other water and fire departments around the province have. Thank you. Thank you. John, did you want to make a comment? I'm for it. I think um, we can control some of the spending, the fire holes, you know, stuff like that. Maybe we can make some changes, but it's a tough question. I don't know too much what to go through. Okay, Earl? I would concur with Brian. I think we really need to reach out um, to the independent districts to um, bring together what is functionally a local government. We can't make them join the CRD. We can't bring them in um, against their will. But I think speaking freely with them, we need to start working together more effectively as if we were a local government and give them access to the funding sources that are currently not available to them. Okay, thank you, Earl. Jesse, do you like a comment? Uh, 
just, um, I, I don't know enough about the fire district, but um, uh, consolidating the water districts was a recommendation of the um, Salt Spring Island Water Optimization Study, and so um, I would be supportive of um, any work towards uh, making that happen. I don't know if it's in the purview of the LCC to do that, but um, it, I, I'm definitely supportive of the idea that can encourage um, more water uh, hookups again. Thank you. Jamie Harris? It's a great concept. Um, we would definitely be in favor of working with the improvement districts and the community to see where, uh, where this could all um, lead to. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Jamie. Uh, Najma? Um, yeah, so what I understand of all of this is that there's been, I mean, there's, you know, we're dealing with a lawsuit uh, with North Salt Spring Waterworks. I mean, um, even within the fire district, I'm just wondering if always the right level of resources are going in or how it's all functioning. I understand we are not getting these provincial and federal grants. But I also recognize that all of these improvement districts came from our community working together and understanding that there was a need. Thanks, so, Nishima. Yeah. It's okay, a Jennifer Kerrigan. I think with the LCC being so new, we need to be open and listen to everything that the community is saying and then make our decisions based on that. We don't know what we're doing with the LCC quite yet, but we're ready. Okay, thank you. Kylie? As Brian said, the LCC has nothing to do with water, and right now the community is stuck. What we have to do is go to the CRD and ask them to get, take more and more interest in the Salt Spring. We need funding. That is the number one thing that is holding us back is money. We are not a municipality. We cannot go for grants. And that is the key that is holding us back. We need to, as the LCC, be advocating to the CRD for more funding, more control, and make this more Thanks, like Kylie. a community. Next, home. Lloyd Cudmore. Yeah, I will concur with him and Jen. You guys did good on that one. <laughs> okay, Jennifer, when? Kylie. I'll have to admit, I don't know a lot about this topic, but I anticipate that there's already quite a tall order for the LCC, although making further advancements as to what the LCC is responsible for could be planned, like it needs a little bit of time. <laughs> okay, thank you. Jenny McLean? Did you say my name? Yes. Yeah, I'm not in favor, and I'm interested in the article that was about the Fulford Water District that uh, quoted Carol Isles about how they don't even have the funding given to them for the fire protection. So uh, the CRD would have to become a little more easy to deal with and work with before it should take more things on. And I really love um, the... Little government salt spring. I don't want giant government salt spring. So, uh. thank you. <laughs> and last is Gail Baker. Keep in mind that if North Salt Spring or the fire um, improvement districts want to join the LCC, it will have to come from the ratepayers, not from the LCC. But if I were elected, the first thing I would do is get two local commissioners who committed to every month go to the meetings, understand, learn better, build relationships, and try to see what the possibilities would be. And that might be the beginning. So, yes, eventually. 
Okay, great. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Okay, thank you. So we're going to go to Wayne Tepper, and then you'll be at next. Okay. Uh, my interest uh, is in the Harbor Walk. Uh, the Harbor Walk project has been uh, on the slate of the CRD and of the community and park and uh, different uh, parts of this island for well over 20 years. My question to the group that's sitting in front of me uh, is, uh, by the way, I, I'm also part of a steering committee from the Chamber of Commerce to help this to help the harbor walk uh, proceed it's been sitting way too dormant for 20 years the downtown corridor is just too important including the parks that are involved uh, along the along the harbor walk uh, it's uh, important that the community has a, a safety in mind uh, for the community so that we can enjoy this beautiful uh, harbor that we have and the walk along the harbor. My question to the, uh, to the people that are sitting in front of me, how do you envision getting the CRD to move forward with this very important project for the whole community? Okay, thanks, Wayne. We'll start with Jesse Brown down here. This is going to everybody, I would assume, Wayne, right? Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you that it's been long overdue and a lot of stalling and, uh, you know, it's now within the purview of the LCC, so um, hopefully, you know, I don't know how it will work, but uh, someone can make a motion, someone can second that we really demand this be a priority and it can get done, but, uh, you know, there's going to be other budget considerations and such, but I'm sure everyone along here will agree with you that this is an important project for uh, tourism and for locals as well. Like, it could be a real local community space where we could have market. Thank you. We're going to go to Kylie, and then we're going to hear from Lloyd Cudmore. First of all, when I got involved in, in coming here, it was Matt Staffage and uh, Ken Moore that told asked young people to get more involved. I did that. So the whole thing is with the boardwalk, it's been 25 years of sitting there neglected. The CRD and our community has to finish it. It should now be called the Staffage Stroll in, name, in, in, in honor of him. And the main thing being is it, sh it should be completed. It is an embarrassment when you go downtown and see it neglected there. Thanks, Kylie. Now, Lloyd. What's funny? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah. You tell me what I know about the boardwalk. Because <laughs> I've been here for a long time. Well, since a kid, and uh, listening to my grandfather talk about the boardwalk, and uh, yeah, it's a thorn in my side, your side, everybody's side, but I mean, there's been opportunity, not just with the Cudmore Gap, but all the way along the boardwalk, with other property owners, upland owners, to be able to work with the Islands Trust to develop them, to make them, like what you guys described, beautiful, right, for arts and everything. But to, to build those board, that boardwalk, it's... In, Thanks, Lloyd. I don't think I'm done. I don't think you guys are done either, are you? No. You guys want to listen? Yeah. No. no. I'm sorry. We can, hands. we can continue Raise after the, the, after the, the debate. But we've got to move on. Move on. Next is going to be Jennifer Lenham. In regarding, or regarding this project, I believe there is always a way, and we can find it as a community. I would love to see this project succeed, but I do think it needs to respect people's wishes. Um, I am concerned for the community putting its best face forward, not only for ourselves, but for all the visitors that come to this place. And it's really time we do that. 
Okay, thank you, Jennifer. Uh, Earl, you're next. And then David Courtney. Uh, yes, um, the boardwalk is clearly within the purview of the LCC, unlike some of our many problems. We have the authority or would have the authority to set priorities on which projects go forward and to allocate resources when those resources are limited and say that this is important, this is where we will put the resources, we will complete this job. Um, that's completely within the purview of the LCC, and I would support it. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Wayne, I'm with you 100 percent, and uh, I think how we go about it is it's, it's a public safety issue. People coming from tourists, coming from Mobies to the village, they need to walk in a safe environment. If we had the harbor walk, it's, it's a beautiful walk, and it's safe. That's how we sell it, public safety, and uh, I'm with your team 100 percent. Okay, great. Brian Webster? And then Jenny? Uh, Sonia Columbine, who has served as the chair of the Parks and Recreation Commission, will know better than anybody that this is a project that is and must be a high priority. In fact, it's the number one priority in the parks and recreation realm as far as I'm concerned. Major challenges to be uh, taken care of in terms of coming up with the funding, but we got to get on it. It's number one ahead of all of the other parks and recreation projects. Hi. Hey, Jenny, yeah. and then Gail. I, I was at Elastic Salt Spring on Friday, and it seems to me, I remember Gary Holman saying it will cost $900,000 to fix the gazebo and the harbor walk. And so when my dad helped build the gazebo and other volunteers, they did it for free. So I'm just wondering about this out-of-control budget that we have going on that's not examined. Is that really what we need, is this million-dollar thing? I'm with the... Uh, I support what's going on with the private property situation because people... Yeah. Thanks, Jen. Gail? Um, I watched with angst from September of 2019 until just a few months ago when nothing happened. But we all know probably that an RFP was sent out. It was opened April 24th. They have probably given the contract to someone who will do the designs, the engagement, and it should be done, please, please, before September so that infrastructure grants can be submitted for paying for portions of the Harbor Walk. But we need partners. CRD should not be the one that's taking the lead. It should be a partnership. Thank you. So we'll go to, go to the other end. We're going to go to Don Marcotte and then uh, Eric Marsh. No. I'm all for the boardwalk, but I don't think we have the power to start taking property away from the public to build something that we all want. It's up to them to give it to us, to let us do it. And that's, but it'd be great to see it finished. Okay, Eric? Uh, I primarily get around Salt Spring Island as a pedestrian. I'm pretty much in favor of pedestrian walkways all over the place, and uh, I think the Harbor Walk is number one for getting it set up. I've, I've been looking at it for three years that I've been here thinking, man, really looking forward to uh, walking on the part down past the marina there. Let's get it done. Okay, thank you. Then Ben, and then Jamie here. Obviously, this project is a really big uh, priority for the community as well as for the LCC. Um, I think having an accountable group here is going to be really important, so saying yes, we were interested in this. Strong will, and Lloyd, I do want to listen to you, um, and <laughs> I think that repairing communication breakdown is going to be a really important part of getting this done, and that's something that I like to do, so thank you. Okay, Jamie and then Nejma. 
I'm working on this um, at our LTC, and if our group were forward to be elected, there would be an automatic collaborative reality between the Islands Trust and the CRD. And we'd be uh, wanting to get this done, uh, this harbour walk done, and making, making it one of our priorities. It's taken way too long, and uh, the politics that have been behind it are very, very concerning, and that's one of the things where we come in and we say, well, we want to make common-sense, reality-based decisions um, when it comes to uh, spending our tax dollars. Thank you. Next one. Yeah, so um, first of all, we'd have to find the funding, and a million-dollar boardwalk, I think, is a little extreme. I mean, our bathroom at the park cost 900000 or something, 800000 Like, no. But um, also respecting uh, property owners as well. So perhaps there needs to be a little more collaboration there as well, because I, what I understand is that there was a property owner holdout, and then they actually bent, or they sold or something, and then now there's another Concerns. So that's what I know of it because I've been kind of digging into that because it would re be amazing. And we all know that, but it needs to be done right and respectfully. And yes. Thanks very much. And last, uh, Jennifer Kerrigan. Who doesn't like the Crofton Boardwalk? It looks pretty amazing. I think we should have the same. We have the bones there. We should complete it. Thank you. And thank you for the question. So, do you want, maybe what I'll do is, when you're asking questions now, if you could introduce yourself and then introduce your question and, and uh, your name. Yep. Um, I'm Miel Chandler, and uh, my question is about economic development and housing. Um, I don't support the idea of a housing authority. Um, I don't support it because I don't think we need any more authorities and any more bureaucrats on this island. Um, but for economic sustainability, humans need to be able to afford healthy and adequate housing. Now, the local CRD building inspector put a do not occupy notice on a beautiful, healthy, handcrafted tiny house belonging to my tenant. Just before Christmas, I lost my tenant and spent the rest of the winter maybe, afraid maybe, of not maybe. being able to pay my own mortgage. Okay, but maybe you could frame this as a question. It, the question is about economic development and housing, and I'm just about to get to the question. Okay, okay good. So um, the do not occupy notice goes on the tiny house door, right? I lose my tenant, and I almost lose my own housing and my elderly mother's housing. Um, the CRD inspector, the I am there, the I am there, is I am there. The question, okay, the question is, what will you do to legalize county tiny houses? So good, the that's a good question, and you're doing it to the, all of all, all of them. What will you do to legalize tiny houses? Now, the CRD building inspector walks okay, right we're gonna, by. We're going to move on to the question second, now, and the question is going to start with Jennifer here. Jennifer Lennon. But I need to add one tiny detail, which is that trailers are legal. Moldy, rat-infested okay, trailers you're, you're are legal. You're actually getting off the top of the LCC. But we're going to ask that question, and I'm going to start here with Jennifer. Everybody deserves safe housing. Everybody deserves clean housing. Everyone deserves access to their own housing. Nothing like that should be happening, period. Okay, we're going to go to Brian Webster. 
The LCC doesn't have any authority over the building code, which uh, presumably is what was being enforced. However, the LCC has the ability to lobby the regulators who do control such a thing, and we have outdated building codes that don't match the reality of today, and I think the LCC should be raising that issue, but respecting the fact that it's not ultimately an LCC decision. Thanks, Brian. We're going to go to, uh, to Ben and then Nejma. I very much echo what Brian's saying. I think as an elected accountable official, it is something that would be taken on and uh, would support lobbying um, for looking at the building code and also uh, trying to advance like pilot projects. I don't know if you know MyCan, but MyCan has a lovely pilot project for a tiny home community, and I think getting proposals up the, uh, up the chain is a great idea, and I'd love to see it. So. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, so this is where I love, this is what I love. So I sit on the housing task force with Islands Trust with our local trust committee. And we are totally in favor of tiny homes, tiny villages, all of these things. But they need to be through a pilot project program. And if we move quickly, we can actually apply for the housing accelerator fund as a community. And this is going to require collaboration with Islands Trust to do it. And we're going to need seven projects seven initiatives immediately that we can implement in our community. I've got a plan. Thanks very much. <laughs> Jennifer Kerrigan. Is it my turn? Yeah, Jennifer, yeah. Okay. Um, what is the primary economic activity of Salt Spring? How does housing support the economic activity of Salt Spring? How does housing um, support economic needs, health needs, and social needs? So there's kind of some thoughts to come from. I think of that there were some really quirky rules around tiny homes that the Islands Trust had about kitchens or something. There's things about it, but I do support it, and I'm not sure what I can... There. Okay, we're going to go to Eric Marsh. I absolutely support tiny homes in our community. I really think we need an, an all-hands-on-deck approach to getting housing for our people in our community. Uh, with this specific issue of approval for tiny homes, we need to get all stakeholders involved, the CRD, the Islands Trust, make sure that everyone is on board and going with modern building standards. Tiny homes are great. I live in a tiny home. Good. Tiny homes, go. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Jennifer Kerrigan. I have empathy for your situation, I truly do, and housing is a large issue for our community, but it all has to, it all has to comply to code. Okay, thank you. Don Marcotte? I don't know much about that, but I always understood if it had wheels, that is not a permanent structure. So I don't know how anyone could have tagged it. That just, that's why motorhomes and everything like that are legal, or they can't do anything about it because they're not permanent. Um, but we'll, but we'll look into it exactly. We'll look into it, see what we can come up with. Okay, thanks, Don. Kylie. First of all, the CRD and the Islands Trust is why we have a housing problem on this island. I built 30 tiny homes. They're in Vernon, BC. I did it from Salt Spring. I couldn't get one tiny home built here on Salt Spring. I have three tiny homes built in Victoria. Again, could not build them here. Last year, Bonnie Henry came over. We had a chat. 
$5 million was given by John Horgan for tiny homes in the greater Victoria area. Lisa Helps took it away and Thanks, banned Kylie. tiny homes. And Jesse Brown? Is your name Miele? Miel. Yeah, thank you so much for your, your question, and I'm so sorry that you went through that. That sounds absolutely terrible. Um, I also don't know very much about tiny homes, but that's something that I'll definitely look into. Um, I totally agree that there should be an abundance of different housing options here in Salt Spring. Um, we need more uh, housing, not uh, putting red tape in place to get rid of housing. Um, and that includes um, potentially rental buildings, uh, more higher density in Ganges. So um, I'm somebody that will work uh, to support tiny homes and that type of help. Thanks, Jesse. Lloyd, Cudmore? Yeah, the, the, the elephant in the room is the red tape, and we need to work, work together to get through that, and um, that's the, we'll work our best to solve those problems you're talking about, and we hear you. Okay, thanks, Lloyd. Gail Baker? You're absolutely right. Our building codes need to be updated. The advocacy from the LCCs needs to do it. But even more, there are tiny home communities being built in BC under the same building codes. So what gives? I don't know how and why, but I know that the LCC needs to be around there understanding and learning why other areas in BC are doing it and we're not. Next speaker might have the answer, Jamie Harris. So we're already looking at this within the Islands Trust very seriously. I've been bringing this to the table. Um, in, you know, again, if you elect the four of us, there will be an automatic economic, or sorry, um, a collaborative reality um, between the two, the CRD and the Islands Trust. I'm shocked to hear you're not for a housing authority. That's the only way we're going to create um, affordable housing for our families. Uh, families need more than a tiny home. I'm all for tiny homes, but we also need a housing authority to uh, create um, affordable homes for working families. Thanks, Jamie. Earl, and then uh, David Courtney. Safe and affordable housing is an essential element of our community development, economic sustainability plans. Um, because the zoning resides with the trust and because building codes reside with the CRD, the LCC nonetheless remains in a very strong position as an advocate, as the elected body of the island of Salt Spring to put its weight behind changes that need to be made, especially where those changes have such a fundamental impact on a critical right. problem like housing. David? Uh, Lee, it's an unequivocal yes. We will support you uh, and my fellow commissioners, and um, we'll advocate on your behalf. It's not part of the bureau, but we'll make it. Cheers. Okay, thanks. Thanks very much. Next question. Hi, uh, Brian Young, Transition Salt Spring. Um, the uh, Salt Spring Foundation's Vital Signs Study, I don't know how many of you have read it, but one of the key themes that uh, is embedded in that uh, survey is the fact that our connectivity during COVID really loosened. And one of the th things that I think we could be doing, and the CRD may have some power over, is... Uh, the emergency program that we have. We have an awesome emergency program on uh, our island, and it links with climate change. It's climate action we can do in our neighborhoods by bringing our neighborhoods together to actually make them more resilient. If we're together, we will be able to face the challenges like the one foot of sea level rise that's coming by 2050. Can we, can we get it Where, in the form of a question? You bet. Where do you folks stand with respect to beefing up our underfunded emergency services programs to make us more resilient? Okay, that's a pretty good question. We'll start with Gail Baker. 
We learned a lot about them when John Wakefield came to ask Salt Spring a few months ago, and um, pods, they're the key. You know, being prepared ourselves in our home, that's a key. But there are plenty of things that's, that CRD can give them. We can have free grab-and-go bags. So, you know, you would have one if they were given out. How about grab-and-go bags for your, for your dog, for your children? What about a resource list? We don't have one. Do you know exactly who to call when something goes wrong? Problem. Thanks, Gail. Eric Marsh, down at the end. I think we have a lot of needs pulling on our budget going into the LCC. That being said, I think this is an important one. Emergency preparedness is great. We do have several risks here on Salt Spring Island, earthquake, forest fire, of course the sea level rise with climate change. We absolutely need to find a way to make sure our community is resilient and prepared. Thank you. Jennifer Kerrigan. I live in Channel Ridge, and every summer it just feels like we live in a tinder-dry forest, and anybody that lights a fire or smokes a cigarette, I'm not for it, and I won't put up with it. And I feel that it is a concern, and it's important to have an emergency preparedness in place. Okay, thank you. Don Marcotte? Um, I don't even know where to start with that. Um, yeah, we're, I'm for it. We need to do something. Um, the ocean's rising a foot. Well, maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. I don't know. Um, they've been telling me they were going to rise a foot since I was a little boy, and they haven't yet. So, but um, I guess we need some sort of strategy if something does go sideways. So if someone has somewhere to go, we all have a place to go. We can meet our families and then go from there to safety or whatever we need to do. Okay, thank you. Kylie? First of all, a few years ago, we had a giant windstorm. There was an emergency plan in place. It completely failed. The one thing that you have to realize is that you have to rely on yourself because if you think the government's going to come and save you, I don't think it's going to happen. The other thing is, is we need people that know what's going to happen, and unfortunately, no one knows what's going to happen in the next few, in the next 10 years. So we have to get prepared. Prepare yourself. I've been on some. Thanks, Kylie. So, Jesse Brown. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for the question. And uh, uh, I don't know enough about uh, the current state of emergency preparation to really comment educated uh, in an educated manner about that. And so, um, you know, I'm a really good listener. I'd love to learn from experts more about what's currently happening. Um, that said, you sparked a really interesting uh, conversation about uh, getting more community resilience and more community um, involvement in the fight against climate change. And without excuse me, catastrophizing it, um, there I've, there's different models. So looking to be the Change Earth Alliance, they have a community-type model for that work. Okay, thanks very much. Next is Nejma, and I just would like to mention we've got the other member of the LCC, I think, has just come in, Gary Holman. So welcome, Gary. Hi, Gary. Uh, so I'm just looking at the budget, and there's $853 in here for uh, equipment replacement fund. That's in our reserve. So we're looking at, like, just over $100,000 a year for emergency preparedness. I think that perhaps we should be looking at some other grants, uh, looking at how we intersect with other uh, organizations, uh, search and rescue. I know that there is a lot through uh, Fire Smart as well. This is where we can work with the improvement districts as well. So, uh, yeah, also let's get the kids involved, hey? Like... <laughs> 
What? <laughs> Get into the school. Okay, thank you. Earl Ruck. Yes, I'm our local pod leader, and I sit on the emergency planning pod planning group, and I've seen some of the really good work that we're getting done from our emergency planning staff on a reasonably small budget. I think we need to leverage that to the broader community to give ourselves the resilience that we're going to need for the changes that are coming, even if we can't predict that. Um, I would also look at the, ad the advantages of bringing the emergency management budget under the LCC where it's currently not located. Thank you. Lloyd Cudmore? Yeah, I think we should uh, allocate more money to this. Um, you know, we have to look at the budget and everything else, but uh, like I said before, uh, infrastructure is kind of my background, so I see a lot of troubles ahead for all of us, but like Kylie said, the most important thing is prepare yourself. Do not rely on us, because, you know, we're running just like you guys are if there's wildfires or whatever, right? So prepare yourselves, prepare, prepare your neighborhoods. We can't stress that enough. Um, like I've said before, I'm a guy that's proactive, not reactive. You know. Thanks, Lloyd. Jamie Harris. This is a great example of something that we as a community can all get behind. Um, I liked what Brian said about um, pulling together. Um, definitely, we need to pull together with this, and communities and neighborhoods need to pull together. It's like a team of horses. If they pull together, then they can go a great distance. If they fight each other, they're going to careen into the ditch with the wagon. So this is somewhere we can uh, we can all get behind. So, Okay, great. Jenny McClain? Yeah, I'd like to say I support the pod program. I think it's a really great thing. And I also, in my neighborhood, we're very close with each other, so we really keep tabs on each other. So that's also something. If you, They say that there's fewer crimes where there's neighborhood watch. It's better than any security system, and it's also a good way to find out how uh, people are managing if there's a natural disaster. Okay, thank you. David Courtney. Uh, Brian, uh, we have a pod uh, chap on our street by the name of Mr. Bunkowski, and he does an amazing job of keeping us surprised of what's going on. Um, every time I see an email from us, here we go with the generator again. I support your program, and I think we need to enhance it. Thank you. Thank you. Jennifer? Lana? That's a great question coming into wildfire season. I think the emergency program does a fabulous job at communicating with the community. However, perhaps I would encourage the LCC to create a community campaign to have uh, check-ins with neighborhood pods. We do need a check-in to understand who is most vulnerable in our community, and we have a responsibility for one another. Okay, thank you. Brian Webster? As Earl referred to the emergency planning on Salt Spring, like building inspection and like bylaw enforcement, is not in the purview of the LCC. And I get a certain amount of flack from people, at least on social media, when I say, well, you know, that should be under the LCC, and I believe the sub-regional services, we should be talking about having Salt Spring have their own operations for that so that the broad decisions can be made here on Salt Spring, because they're not. Thanks, Brian. And last, Ben Corno. Uh, though we may not be spending enough on emergency response, I don't think there's a deficit of expertise at our disposal uh, in already existing plans. I think important is to look to other communities and continue listening to the experts that bring these plans to our community and promote them clearly and consistently uh, throughout the people who are delivering these plans. So improvement districts, trust, CRD, consistent messaging. Okay, thank you, candidates. And the next question. 
Can you uh, state your name and give your question? Hey there, I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Um, I just have a question about how you're going to ensure that local contractors and developers <clears throat> are the people that are doing these projects that you're also passionate about getting done. Um, it seems to me that most of the things that go severely over budget are, are off-island contractors that don't understand uh, the difficulties of uh, working on this island. Okay, that's for everybody, right? So we'll start with Earl Rook. I'm sorry, I'm a bit hard of hearing and I couldn't quite understand the question. You're asking about local contractors or actually off-island contractors? Sorry, I'm timid. No, uh, just how are you going to ensure that uh, local contractors are the people that are getting whatever it is, these projects, you guys are all talking about different things. How are you going to ensure that those dollars spent are going back to the community and local contractors and, uh, and people that truly understand the difficulties of, uh, of building on this island or doing anything on this island uh, instead of just going with uh, the lowest bid from somebody else and then having no choice but to pay for all the extras. Just a quick comment on that, too. It might be interesting to hear from the candidates about the bonding requirements, the CRD require, because that's very relevant to this. So, Earl? I'm not familiar with the bonding requirements for this specific area, but I've known in previous um, experience that, um, especially in rural areas, um, municipal authorities, um, provincial authorities can set unreasonably high bonding limits that um, make it next to impossible for us to acquire um, services within the local area simply due to bonding level requirements. That's, that's understandable. I, I think of Isabella Point and what's going on there. Um, it seems that we're having material even shipped from Victoria and Vancouver. Mm -hmm. There's not one local person that I know working on the project. Um, so, yeah, maybe even just having some sort of uh, local oversight. Like, if you had Ron Spencer, like, as, as a consultant, at least, on that project, it wouldn't be severely over budget. I'm going to go now to Lloyd Cudmore, I think has a bit of experience with this. Yeah, I'm glad you said Ron Spencer, because when we're, the four of us are in there, that's who we're going to lean on, is guys that have experience. And like you said, we've seen that. And uh, it starts sometimes with the design. So I'm hoping to be able to be in there. We be in there at the early stages, ask the community for their input, but make sure we hold the designers and guys that are bean counting accountable to make sure we tighten the budgets on those things and look for the best ways and definitely keep the guys here as much as possible working. Okay, Brian Webster. Uh, one of the realities we have to work with is that uh, we're affected by trade agreements, that uh, both provincial and international trade agreements uh, give some limitations in terms of the ability to uh, provide local preference. However, the way you write an RFP, a request for proposals, uh, can be highly influential in uh, determining how realistic it is for a local contractor to apply for a contract. Okay, thank you. Gail? 
Absolutely, Brian. It's how you write it. That's what you're going to get. The other thing is, is it needs to be very, very widely distributed among, among local contractors. Don't just send it everywhere. Don't just put it on the CRD website. Make sure they know and make sure that they have some choices. Make sure that the contract is not so onerous that nobody's really going to want to do it if they're not a huge company. Those are things that can be done. They're tough and they're not easy, but they can be done. Okay, Ben Corno. I feel pretty comfortable saying that it would be my interest to create the atmosphere for making it possible to choose local, uh, and that whenever possible would make that my decision. So, plain okay. and simple. Thank you. Make it possible. Eric March. And then Jenny McLean. I'm unfortunately not particularly familiar with how the CRD uh, sends out contracts and seeks con and seeks them, but definitely we need to be focusing on our local contractors, make sure they're employed, make sure that we are, uh, as you say, putting money back into the community. Okay, thank you. Jenny? Yeah. I'm and then so, Dawn? Yeah, I'm so passionate about this, it's going to be hard for me to keep the time limit. My dad's a roofer here. Uh, he's been roofing here since at least 1963, he's still going strong. He did a lot of major jobs in the past. Now there's huge insurance requirements. There's weird things going on where like a lot of sandstone was exported to Alberta, so people aren't even using our rock on the local buildings. The CRD is a horrible enemy of local contractors. Look at what they did with the library, not even one plumber going in there. So I would that would be a reason that I want to run. Thanks very much. Don Marco. Um, I've been a, worked in the construction industry for quite a while, and I've asked those same questions. I don't understand why it gets farmed out to off-island contractors all the time, but working for the local sea this year, I'm going to get to the bottom of it and find out why. Okay, great. David Courtney? And then Jennifer here. Um, I support you. It's sort of like buy local, uh, use local contractors. I think... Um, we have to be respectful of ratepayers when we come to the tendering process. I have no idea what the bonding requirements are, but uh, maybe that's something that, as an LCC, not under the purview, but advocate on your behalf to make the bonding requirements um, more lenient so that we can actually uh, give you that employment. Thank you. Jennifer here. And this Jennifer, right? Yeah. Jennifer, and then the other Jennifer, Jennifer Kerrigan. Okay, thank you for clarifying. I'm sure we all appreciate it. <laughs> this issue seems to be encompassed by economic sustainability, and the LCC should be first and foremost supporting local first campaigns. I think it's incredibly important. Um, I will look into level bonding or level, uh, bonding level requirements more, but yes, this is absolutely economic sustainability, community first. Okay, thank you. Jennifer Kerrigan and Kylie. I can't really beat Lloyd's comment there. I think it was pretty powerful and pretty good. But I'm all about supporting local trades, and the four of us will work to find solutions. Thank you. Kylie? As a tradesperson, it drives me nuts when I don't get the contract. Uh, when I built the laundromat, 99% of the work was done here on Salt Spring. The work I couldn't get done here... I got it done. The laundry machines were built in Calgary. I could have bought them cheaper, had them built in Michigan, but I chose Canadian, and, I, and we should always chose local. So, Okay, thanks, Kylie. Now, Jesse? 
Uh, yeah, thank you for the question. Um, yeah, I'm huge, hugely in favor of a uh, local uh, bid procurement process that's uh, more transparent. Um, you know, we all know that shopping local, all dollars spent in the community stays in the community. Um, when I was on CRD uh, working, it was a contract, so I actually did, went through the bidding process for the economic sustainability coordinator, um, and it was extremely complicated and extremely cumbersome, so I, I feel uh, the struggle. Um, and I was on the flip end, too, creating an RFP at at CRD um, and uh, decision making uh, was a little opaque and I have a lot of thanks very much Nesma your last okay so uh, the <laughs> This has to do a lot with the Capital Regional Housing Corporation and the trust fund. And what's happening there is that it's actually very strict in order to be able to get the funding for the projects here, so in for particular. So when you're talking about these affordable housing projects that are going to happen, this is going to happen through sweat equity and through innovative. we got to innovate. we got to push. So the Southern Gulf Islands, their CRD director, has been working with them already to actually create a little bit more uh, leniency within that so that they can actually access those funds. Thanks, Nezma. And thank you for the question. Um, I just want to say, time-wise, we do have time for the last two questions, but that will be it, so nobody else needs to come up. And thank you very much for your patience waiting, and the floor is yours. Thanks. Hi, my name is... I didn't get to answer that question. Sorry. Oh, oh. sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, Jamie. I, I, I apologize for that. So uh, one, one great, last response. That's a great question, and it's a great example of where we would, as the four of us, use common sense, reality-based decisions when spending our tax dollars. And it's, you know, clearly common sense that we want to keep, the, you know, as much work as we can here local. Um, we're well established with other local contractors, and um, you know, we could reach out again to people like Ron Spencer, and um, you know, they have a, a great wealth of knowledge there, and we're, we're um, connected to that closely. Thanks. Okay. Thank you very much, Jamie. And again, my apologies for that. Uh, and now your floor is yours. Hi, my name is Gerda. Uh, 28 years ago, I came here for a party and fell in love with the island. I went on to raise a family. I became an artist. I uh, started a business, which still runs to this day. Um, I guess um, I'll point out that the median age of Salt Spring is decidedly older than the rest of the province. Uh, my question for you guys is um, what services or ideas do you have uh, to, that will attract young people, and not just families, but single people, uh, to the island, um, to dip their toes into island life, to see if they want to create a life here? Um, that's my question. Okay, great. And we're going to start with Earl Rook. I think building economic diversity is essential to drawing more people to the island, um, relying on more than simply the tourism industry, making it possible for businesses to establish themselves in areas with a broader range of interests where we can get more people to the island. Um, I think we need to create better circumstances for up-and-coming artists. Our artists are also aging out in our community. Um, there's a need for studio space. Um, there's a need for... Um, Thanks, Earl. Lloyd Cudmore? Yeah, I think we need to finish the boardwalk. <laughs> okay. The, board, the boardwalk will give what you're saying. It will get the people off the boat, those young families that are going, or families that are out in their boats, have kids. They, they fall in love, like that lady just said. They'll come here, walk that boardwalk, see the arts, and maybe get inspired and become part of Salt Spring and bring them up. But we just definitely need to be ready. We need to work with 
everybody in Ganges, right? When I say work with them, I mean lower their taxes. Don't burden one company or one business down there to take it all on. We need to come up with clever ideas. Okay, thank you, Roy. Uh, Jamie Harris? <laughs> Creating a housing authority that would control the pricing of workforce ownership housing would be a, a great way of doing that, um, you know, just so people could afford to buy a house here. Um, the management of our public forest land would create attractive employment for people to come here as well. Okay, thank you. Brian Webster? Well, it's uh, interesting that that question came from Gerda Laddie, who started one of the most vibrant uh, businesses on Salt Spring, mm -hmm. the Salt Spring Wild Cider, which is employing many of these young people. And I don't know, Gerda, if your experience is the same as mine, but my number one issue in terms of uh, attracting and employing those young people is housing. Okay, thank you, Brian. David Courtney. Me? Uh, workforce housing. I think that's the answer. And uh, if I'm working with Jamie, I think we've got that well in hand. Um, as far as people coming to the island, um, I'm not sure I understand that because I think all of us in the room when we came to the island, we just fell in love with the place. I think it's an easy sell. Okay, thanks. Jennifer Lennon? I think I know what you mean, Gerda, in, in and around things maybe becoming a little diluted. I think that our arts and culture sector could really be highlighted here, and I think it's the reason why a lot of people fell in love with this place to begin with, other than, you know, the obvious beautiful nature and everything. Of course, housing is an issue, but uh, now I think we do need to create community and work on our vibrancy. I can't recall where I read it, but I do think we could use a, a culture coordinator and work to put our... Okay, thank you. Kylie? Uh, I was forced here because I was born here, so... <laughs> the, the, the number one thing is Ganges right, Ganges right now looks like a North Korean town. It's gray. It's <laughs> awful. Last year they had music in the park. It was vibrant. We should have music blasting throughout Ganges. It should be an artist community. It should be some place that we like to live and like to visit. And the boardwalk. Next is the never boring Nejma. What now? Sorry. <laughs> so yes, arts and culture, absolutely. Um, I think that it's not about trying to get people and families, young people here. It's actually about nurturing us here right now. Like, you know, like that's really. And then we just create such an awesome, gushy, yummy vibe where we've got more. Like, what about a bigger festival, like Cranfest, for instance? Like, so adorable, right? That it, you know, like family festivals, like with CRD. Hey, we've got access to all the parks all of a sudden. <laughs> You know, perhaps we could have a large thing at Portlock. Okay, thank you. Jesse Brown? 
Um, yeah, I previously mentioned that I'm supportive of higher density uh, rental units in Ganges um, so that people can come, they can have a comfortable place to live while they're testing it out. Um, I also have a lot of ideas around um, innovation hubs and shared workspaces for people so it attracts um, people working in similar fields um, that are innovators um, and grow our economy that way. Um, perhaps a sustainable farming institute where people can come here, learn about best practices in sustainable farming um, while living here um, and testing it out. Um, night markets are something that I'd like to see happen. Okay, thank you. Jennifer Kerrigan. We need activities, groups, resources for all ages. We'll work with common sense-based ideas, and we need to hear from all of you what you guys want, because it's just not us. You need to help us find the solutions. Okay, thank you, Jennifer. Gail Baker. I agree. I remember 19 years ago there were sea capers and there were all these fun and wonderful things. We still need to have the housing for the young people. If we build it, they will come. If they have a place to be housed, they will bring that vibrancy and that's what we need to do. We have economic development, economic development money right now to be able to get someone who is looking at worker housing. There's a nonprofit that's offering to give away some land if they could get someone to work on the housing. We have opportunities. We need to just get someone in place that that one... Thank you, Gail. Ben? Okay, for me, this falls into sort of economic sustainability, village planning. Uh, I think it's, this is maybe what you're talking about. I think it's important to improve the curb appeal of our community, uh, to look at other communities like Chimanus or Cumberland. They have consistent branding. They have consistent feel, and it's easy to navigate your way around them. Uh, parks and recreation, I think that we need to be uh, focusing on that and making it obvious that our community is creating spaces for people to use, and through those spaces, uh, help provide energy to support events that need Need to help to grow. So, thanks very much, Eric. We need housing, and we need it now. I'm a new person to Salt Spring Island, and I'm staying because of, of friends, because of family. I'm not staying because the housing's easy. I'm not staying because the nightlife's good. We need housing so that artists will come to our community and will play music late at night. We need housing so that employees will come to our community and stay in our community, and not ownership, but rental housing. I'm not going to buy a house in somewhere I've never visited and haven't lived for a few months. Thank you. Thank you. Jenny, and then Dawn. Yeah, I did fill out the survey with Andrea Little, so she might put it online, but I do have some ideas if it's to do with entrepreneurship around the arts, which is something that was a huge part of Salt Spring Island when I grew up, and I grew up seeing a lot of people create their own business ideas, and they were really well supported here to do so, and that's the overlap with the CRD. Of course, it's about the affordable housing, not just the housing, but the affordable. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Don? Um, young families aren't moving here because there's nowhere for them to live. It's um, too expensive. It's, I don't know, I'm even getting ready to get the hell out of here. Just who can afford to live in this place? It's, it's getting out of control. Something needs to change. I don't know how, where, but there it is. Okay, thanks very much for the question, and this will be the last question. Then we're going to have a one-minute summation from each candidate, and then we can go home. <laughs> All right, stay and talk to the candidates at their choice. Hi, uh, my name is uh, Tom Mitchell with Salt Spring Community Energy. Uh, we are just coming to the close of a month-long Electrify Everything event, and uh, my question is in the area of uh, transportation. 
Uh, I'm personally very encouraged what's happening on Salt Springs in that area, but I'm somewhat concerned that there is a, a seeming lack of urgency, and, and I think we need an emergent response in, in, in transitioning to electric and, and getting off fossil fuels as quickly as we can. Uh, we've made a great um, stride in that direction. We've got two new school buses, the electric school buses, and uh, there are plans to electrify the public transit fleet. Uh, I do have a concern that uh, the, the, the present plans, I believe, are to, to replace the whole fleet with more fossil uh, vehicles, and I would love to see if there was some way to have at least one of those vehicles be an electric shuttle or a small electric bus and okay. try and get a level three charger on that. questions for the group? Yeah, the whole group. Okay. Thank you. Okay, well, how, how would you accelerate that uh, transition? Thank you. Okay, we'll start with Kylie. First of all, we're the greenest area in all of Canada. We have old sodium lights. When the list came out of the greenest towns in Canada, we weren't even on it. So we have to not only electrify buses, we need to work on the sodium, the old sodium lights. We need to push BC ferries to get a better electric fleet. And we need to constantly be pushing because, you know, we have Elizabeth May here and we have Adam Olson. We are the greenest riding here and we have nothing to show for it. The people are doing their part, but now the government has to do their part and stand up. Closing the recycle center on Saturdays was the dumbest decision ever because workers cannot get there. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Kylie. We're going to go to Nejma. Nejma? Uh, Caught me uh, off guard there. Yes, I really, truly believe that we need to electrify our reality. Um, I'm also... (laughs) You know, I'm taking it slow because I want the battery technology to kind of catch up as well. So so once that happens, um, you know, but I definitely believe that there's more that we can be doing right now, especially this I don't know about if there's a whole other fleet of buses or something that's going to get ordered that are... Is this with the school district you're saying? Public transit. Yeah, well, what the heck? We should be absolutely getting electric buses at this point. Look at Victoria. Most of the buses in Victoria are as well. Thank so. you. And Jesse. Yep, I'm a big uh, supporter of electrifying our uh, bus fleet. Um, I I think that's something that would be in the purview of the LCC to promote. Um, I think there should be increase in bus service here on Salt Spring. I think there should always be a bus waiting at the ferry terminal, regardless if if it's late or not. So, um, you know, that's uh, electric planes coming into town. I think that'll reduce emissions quite a lot. So I think there's hope and um, definitely supportive. Okay, Ben. I'm absolutely supportive of electrifying as much of our public transportation and also private transportation as possible. I think we should be as well focusing on realistic large charging station uh, options. I think the two little things behind the bank or here and there isn't going to answer that question. But we are a small community, so people can typically get around at home. Uh, And last thing would be to just channel the voices and intelligence of experts like yourself um, and other passionate citizens' voices upward. So thank you. Okay, thank you. Eric March. I think a lack of urgency accurately describes Salt Spring governance to date. I I look down the table here and I see 15 people who don't have a lack of urgency. I think we're well set up with the LCC to get a fire lit, get electric buses, get everything else we need. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Jenny McLean? 
Yeah, um, I saw you at that Bob McDonald presentation there at Tom Mitchell. That was pretty cool. He's pretty fun, isn't he? My daughter was one of the ones who was like one of the MCs, the teenager MCs. So that was kind of neat because he reached out to the kids. Um, in terms of the situation, I think we really need to get less cars, not just think about going to electric cars. So that's why I primarily support with the increase of the bus. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Jenny. Gail Baker. Uh, BC Transit is so sick of me. For an entire year, every time I met with them, I said, electrify, electrify. And finally, someone said, do you think you can get above other communities and get there first? And I said, absolutely. I believe we can. We are getting a plan to electrify. And about the buses, the ones we had are leased. They were falling apart. We need them now, but we still need electrify. It's going to take a couple of years, but it is under the LCC, and it's something they can do. Okay, great. Thank you, Gail. Jamie Harris. Yeah, electric buses, it's a great idea. We, um, it's going to happen, clearly. Um, we should, you know, also recognize that Salt Spring has the highest percentage of electric cars per capita in Canada, I believe. So give yourselves a pat on the back for that. Okay, thank you. David Courtney. I'm sorry, I missed your name. Hi, Tom. Um, I guess when the e-beaver came in uh, a couple of weekends ago, uh, you were down there. And um, as an aviator, uh, what they're waiting for is the battery density uh, to come down so they can lighten the aircraft up and carry a payload. It's coming. Everything that you're purporting and uh, promoting and campaigning for, I think it's just a matter of time. And I think actually we're a little ahead of the curve here on Salt Spring with regards to electric vehicles. And Thanks, David. Thank you. Jennifer Kerrigan. Public, transpa public transportation is many people's only means of transportation. I have a teenager who has asked me recently if she can start catching the bus. They do, however, catch the school bus, and they're always talking about how cool the electric school bus is and the writing's on the wall that we just have to evolve with our fast-paced life. Okay, thank you. Brian Webster? Of course, I want to join with everyone saying yes to everything, like everybody is saying yes to everything. Um, clearly, it has to be a high priority, but with Bob Moffat standing in the back of the room, there is no way that I can answer that question credibly without also saying there's lots of balancing and difficult choices to be made with budgets. This is one of them. Yes, it's got to be a priority. Okay, thank you, Brian. Don Marcotte? Um, I'm not totally sold on the electric car yet. I mean, I think they're great, neat, they're neat. Um, but I guess it's going to happen whether we want it or not. Um, watch those buses in Vancouver catch on fire, man. It's spectacular. That's pretty cool. I think we don't need fireworks anymore. Okay. Thanks, thanks Don. Jennifer Lennon. I support and uh, sense the urgency of this issue. Uh, electrifying is inevitable. And... Uh, we should promote more transit usage so that electrifying is truly affordable for our our community. I do, of course, believe this is an, also an economic sustainability issue. Um, I think, we, yes, it's very important. We have to go for it. Okay, thank you. Lloyd Cudmore? Uh, yeah. Um, my buddy Donnie here, um, clearly he likes hot rods. <laughs> I like hot rods. We all drive gasoline cars. We're all hypocrites. 
when we drive gasoline cars and say we want to get off it, but there is no way yet. I'm very passionate about electric cars. I drive an electric car. I see the future electric. Everything is going to be electric, but it is going to take time. And you know this, Tom, that um, how much fuel a vehicle like a bus takes, right? The energy density is getting better. Thanks, Lloyd. Yeah. Earl, that's the last. Uh, yes, as many have said, electric transportation is the future. Salt Springs been ahead of the curve, especially with electric cars. Um, electric public transportation is something that's well within the LCC purview and something we can really push hard. And I find it very encouraging um, to see the electric harbor air craft come in and also to talk with BC Ferries about their plans for electric ferries. There are some real challenges to making that work, but they seem serious enough that it's going to be part of our future. Okay, thank you very much. That ends the question period, and we're now going to go into a one-minute summation for each candidate, and we will start with Kylie. Again, first, uh, again, my name is Kylie Coates. I care about this community. If you elect me, like I said, the entire salary of the LCC that I receive will be donated back to Salt Spring. I am not going to take a dime from this island because I can volunteer for the next three and a half years, just like I've been doing the last eight years. You know, right now we are getting taxed. We are getting all this stuff is happening. And basically what I'm saying is vote for me and let me volunteer as I've been doing. Thanks very much, Kylie. Jesse Brown. Great. I just want to thank everybody for coming tonight and taking time on a beautiful evening to learn more about us as candidates. Um, and uh, I think the takeaway is please uh, tell your friends to vote. We want to get uh, voter turnout higher than typically. Um, with this election being a special election, it's probably going to be even lower. Um, I hope you liked what uh, I had to say. And if you did, please also tell your friends about me and visit my website, soulspringtogether.ca. Thank you. Thanks, Jesse. Eric Mark. A house without a good foundation will collapse. The foundation of our community, of all communities, are the workers, the working class who bag your groceries, who make your cider, who play your music in the bar. We need to elect candidates who are going to support young workers, both existing in our community already and willing to come to our community and bring skills we don't have. Please... If you are a landlord or if you're a business owner, think about the workers who fill your homes and fill your businesses. And if you're a worker, vote. Get out and vote. If the boss makes a dollar and you make a dime, vote. Okay, thank you. Don Marcotte. I don't think any of us on this stage have all the answers, but I can tell you that our team has the energy commitment to get things done. You can be sure we'll... We'll work with our partners at the CRD, Islands Trust, and other agencies to make sure that happens. Okay, thank you. Now, Jamie Harris. Myself, Jennifer Kerrigan, Lloyd Cudmore, and Don Marcotte come to you not as politicians, but as extremely concerned members of the community. We all have children, 11 between the four of us. We want them to have hope that in the future they will be able to afford to live in their own homes with their own families in the community they call home. We want them to feel safe in their town and to feel pride in their town. Just look at Ganges. With simple observation, it's easy to see something has gone wrong. I ask myself, is this the shining example of what decades of our tax dollars have achieved? We say enough is enough. 
No more wasted tax dollars. We can see what needs to be done. Let's do it together. Please vote for the four of us. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Jamie. Jennifer Lanham. Did you call my name? So this Jennifer, this sorry. One, this is getting confusing. Too many. Yeah, too. <laughs> um, well, this is a sensitive time where our community's governance is starting a new chapter, and I hope electors choose candidates they will trust. They trust will ignite the LCC with a strong footing while listening to the population with an inclusive approach. Please remember this when you vote, starting tomorrow at 8 a.m. at the Gospel Chapel or the Library, next Wednesday and on May 27th. Please consider how we can step with our best face forward into the future. Thank you, Jennifer. Gail Baker. Golly, 30 seconds is hard to answer a question. I didn't go anywhere close to where I want to do, and so I welcome you, all of you, contact me. Let's keep this conversation going. Chat with me. We're in the directory. Please don't call after about 8 o'clock at night, but just look up Baker, pick up the phone. Um, Gail at gailforlcc.com. Email, I will get back to you quickly. Um, or look around Country Gross or even Lado Mintus Thrift Store. I'm around. I'd love to chat with you because leadership begins with listening, and I think I listen pretty well. Don't usually talk quite this much, though. Okay, thank you. Nejma? Okay, thanks, everybody. So I'm not a politician, but I want to change policies. So if we're going to do this, and if you give me one of your votes, my first action will be to facilitate this intergovernmental collaboration that needs to happen to get this housing accelerator program, like the fund. We need to get that off the ground. And with that, that is actually encompasses almost all of the services, so these initiatives, right? So the funding can go to these, all of the infrastructure, all from water, waste, everything. And with that, and with my knowledge and experience, and position also on the housing task force with the LTC, we can actually harmonize our land use planning and our services without having to give it up, you know? So we'd have to do this together. We have to do this collaboratively. And if, seriously, just one vote and I can, I can help us. I want to help us. So all of the answers that are here are already here. They're in all the studies, everything that we've done together, and we need to put it into action now. That's where we're at. So this fund is literally for that. It is to, yes. Thank you, Thank you. And now Lloyd Cudmore. Hi there. Uh, yeah, so I just I want to prioritize, simplify. We want to prioritize, simplify, and use common sense approaches to all the decisions we make and all the obstacles in the way. Jamie's absolutely right. Ganges, we need to start with, right? We can't, I want the boardwalk done as a community member, not as a landowner at all. I want to see it done. I want to make that clear. If you want to talk more about that, please, after tonight, anytime, phone me, I'll discuss it. But I want to see positive progress and I want to see sustainable growth here, right? We need housing. These guys are all on housing. All Everybody here is, right? We need it. And it's important for the young people, right? But we need to think about people making money. People are ashamed to make, or people shame people that make money. Landlords need more help. They need less regulation telling them they can't do this and everybody that's renting has all the rights. The landlord needs a bit more uh, help in that way. So I will just do my best everywhere I can in my limitations of an LCC member. Thanks very much, Lloyd. Jenny McLean? Terrible. Yeah, um, I'm going on a secret slate of Jennifer's, but remember, <laughs> yeah, Jennifer McLean there. So I'm. <laughs> uh, 
definitely enjoy running for everything that comes along because it's a chance to get a platform to put one's ideas out before the community. And I want to see things come properly forward for Salt Spring with a warming station in the winter, a cooling station in the summer, water so when people don't have water, they can get it. I want to see the park washroom with a caretaker so that somebody can manage it so it doesn't get vandalized but can still be used. It's too much burden on the three businesses in town that have to take on all the washrooms for everybody and for tourists. So I want a better salt spring for everybody, and I want um, to work on a humanistic goals of community thinking. Thanks very much, Jim. Brian Webster. Thank you. Um, first, I want to urge everybody to vote. Second, I would encourage you to vote for candidates who you believe have the skill and the good intentions to really make our new LCC a success. To me, that success means open public meetings that welcome the community. No more meetings where you feel like you're not really welcome to be there. I sat in lots of those, and that's not okay. Respectful, collegial dialogue, regardless of who gets elected. Progress on housing for working people. And good overall decisions on priorities that put the well-being of the community at the top of the list. And finally, I started with it, and I'll end with it. Careful, smart spending of precious tax dollars because every dollar we don't use well is one less good service that we can provide to people. My name is Brian Webster. I hope I can earn your vote. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Ben Cornell. Hi, I wanted to thank everybody for coming tonight and for asking great questions. I'm really looking forward to being able to do my best for our lovely community. I think that it's great. I think it has so much inherent value and potential. And if that value and potential could be better connected to the meeting rooms of our local governments, we all might feel pretty good about that. Uh, I also think it's a great sign that the needs and the voices of our community prompted so many positive responses tonight. There wasn't really a lot to fight about. It seemed like there was a lot to agree on, so that actually makes me feel really good. Um, I intend to preserve the energy and gains made by the stewards of our volunteer CRD boards and to keep those connections alive. I think through that continuity and connection, we'll see a lot more wins. I want to be a part of the conduit that connects the members of our community to the administration and resources that might justly empower us. I hope and help us to get a few more wins. So thank you very much. And yeah. okay, Thank you, Ben. David Courtney. I think uh, it boils down to building community and coming together. And uh, if elected with the other three uh, commissioners, I really think we can make the LCC um, take off. And uh, if it's not in a role of uh, purview, we can definitely do a lot uh, with regards to advocating. And with regards to the ferry business, uh, that's what we've done. We've uh, networked, and uh, it's worked well. Uh, I'd like to live, work with the other three candidates, and it would be an honor to serve my fellow Salt Springs, including you all in the room tonight. Thanks for coming. Thank you, David. Jennifer Kerrigan. This is your island, your choice, your future. You're voting for leaders who must have commitment to our island and who will see this island through realistic and truthful perspective. Leaders who will put into place solutions that benefit everyone in any tax bracket. We will listen to your voice and use cost-benefit analysis to know exactly where your hard tax dollars are going to. 
for, your, for the services you want. Jamie, Lloyd, Donnie, and I, we have the skills, energy, and motivation to make our community shine bright. Please consider for voting for the four of us. And I'd like to recognize all of my fellow candidates for offering their time and ideas during this election. Thank you, Jennifer. And the final candidate is Earl Rook. Thank you. Um, with this election, we have a unique opportunity to implement the most extensive change in the way local government operates on Salt Spring in decades. We can op the, open up the mysteries of where the money goes and why. We can be, bring real citizen input into the decisions of government and do so in a way that's fully transparent and accessible to all. We can bring renewed energy and commitment to resolving our most pressing problems, affordable housing, water, climate change. At the same time, we cannot neglect the other needs, and we need to act to make our community more humane, more livable, care for the disadvantaged, support for the arts, and commitment to reconciliation. I'm under no illusions about how much work this job is going to be for whoever is elected. It's going to be a tremendous commitment and take a lot of effort, but I want to be part of this momentous change, and I ask for your support so I can get to work for Salt Spring. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Earl. And thank you, candidates, and thank you, audience. We're coming in right on 8.30, so I'm very pleased that we were able to pull this in. And, uh, and I look forward to seeing the results on the 27th. And uh, as they said, uh, the, the uh, polls open or advanced polling starts tomorrow, isn't it? Okay, so thanks again, everybody, and have a good evening. Thanks, Robin. That was good. That is where. Thank you. We, thank you. We come in one minute early. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Excellent idea. Yeah. Well, it. I thought how are we going to handle if everybody's sticking their hand in? Well, that was masterful. Okay. Well. That's, that, that's pretty amazing. Time management. Seriously, I'm just. Look at, look at the time. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I can't believe it. It was. Thank you.